MSW Media. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. Today, the Department of Justice joins the Proud Boys in asking for a delay of their trial, citing the 1-6 committee's ongoing work. A judge says the Dominion voting machine lawsuit against Fox News's parent company can go forward. Reuters reports the doors to the classrooms at Robb Elementary in Uvalde during the shooting were not locked. The Senate advances the bipartisan gun legislation bill and more about the latest hearing including the direct involvement of Trump and Republican members of Congress in the fraudulent elector scheme, all while Rudy admitted they had no evidence of voter fraud. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, everybody, I am traveling today, so I'm recording this very early in the morning. On Wednesday, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more breaking news today. Maybe you'll get uh, an airplane bathroom update. I don't know. We'll find out. So there's still more than enough news to cover that came out late last night and early this morning including this news story, Biden and his administration is actually calling on Congress to approve a three-month gas tax holiday while asking states to do the same. But Republicans will not vote to provide relief to Americans if they can hurt Democrats instead. But the bigger problem here is that tax relief goes to the big oil companies and they would be responsible for distributing it. And there's no rule that says that they have to. So they would probably just hoard it. So I don't know why they're proposing this. This seems like a loss. My recommendation, we have a couple of budget reconciliations left that we can use. I think Democrats should vote for, I don't know, a tax rebate check to go out to Americans to help alleviate the increase in gas prices. And we can sort it out after we win the midterms. Anyhow, we have a lot of headlines to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up, Kyle Cheney at Politico. Proud Boys leaders facing seditious conspiracy charges shouldn't face a jury trial until the end of early 2023. And that's according to the Justice Department in a filing they submitted Tuesday night, warning that the ongoing work of the January 6th committee has made it difficult for both sides to prepare for trial. In a court filing Tuesday evening, Assistant U.S. Attorney Jason McAuliffe noted that the Proud Boys had been given a prominent role in the select committee's televised hearings, which described the group as crucial instigators of the riot that disrupted the transfer of power on January 6, 2021. But the select committee has also refused for now to share with the DOJ the transcripts of its thousand plus witnesses and their interviews, but has indicated it's probably going to release them publicly in the next weeks or months. After a letter, a strongly worded letter saying we need to compare these with our transcripts for consistency, they decided, all right, we'll give them to you earlier than previously promised, which was September. Now it's probably July. Quote, the party's inability to prepare their respective cases to account for all such additional information is potentially prejudicial to all parties. The party's inability to incorporate this information into respective cases provides a strong basis to continue the trial until both sides are given a reasonable opportunity to review the information, unquote. Now, some have said this seems like a concession for the DOJ. There's a lot of people out there, people who I love and respect that are saying this is bad. I disagree. I think it's good. Listen to Clean Up on Aisle 45 today. We talk about it. These guys are in jail. They're not free 
being, you know, a menace to society. They're in pretrial detention. And as we reported on Tuesday's Beans, Judge Kelly rejected Ethan Nordine's motion for pretrial release, saying their clock for a speedy trial hasn't started ticking because all the Proud Boys shenanigans, they filed like 13 motions to try to get out of jail. Plus, this buys time for the Department of Justice to get their hands on all the evidence the committee has, not because they need their work and they're not doing anything. They've actually investigated, interviewed, indicted for seditious conspiracy and have set a trial date for this particular case. They don't need that, but because the defendants are demanding all the evidence against them so the DOJ can compare interviews for inconsistencies. DOJ revealed its frustration, as I said, in a court filing last week that similarly endorsed a delay in the Proud Boys trial. Tuesday's filing, DOJ proposed beginning jury selection in December, December 12th, with opening statements to begin the week of January 2nd, 2023. That proposed schedule, which will be considered Wednesday by Timothy Kelly, Judge Kelly, increases the likelihood that one of the two most significant cases to emerge from the January 6th attack on the Capitol won't be resolved till well after the two-year anniversary of the attack. I'm okay with this. In its filing, DOJ noted former Proud Boys National Chairman Tario was featured prominently during the Select Committee's first public hearing June 9th, including a clip of video deposition conducted with the panel earlier this year. The committee also focused significantly on the actions and moments of the Proud Boys Joe Biggs and Dominic Pizzola Spazzo, and he was the first guy to breach the Capitol that day, breaking the window with the riot shield. DOJ is even more concerned that the Select Committee could release new batches of information just as the trial gets underway. Quote, representatives of the committee have indicated that the relationship between the Trump administration and the Proud Boys and other groups will be subject to a future hearing. That's what the DOJ wrote. Were the trial in this case not continued, the parties in this case could find themselves in the unprecedented position of litigating a criminal trial simultaneous to the release of a congressional report that is likely to include robust descriptions of the criminal conduct of the defendants. Jamie Raskin, who was slated to lead the hearing on the Proud Boys connections to Trump's orbit, says he doesn't believe his focus on that aspect of the investigation would make it more difficult for DOJ to prosecute the Proud Boys leadership. He says a lot of them have already been prosecuted or pled guilty. But also, you know, juries that are sequestered, they can be shielded. So I think that our justice system has lots of precautions. But when asked whether the committee should expedite the delivery of the transcripts related to the Proud Boys cases, Raskin noted the distinctions between the DOJ's mission and the select committees. He said, we have uh, every interest in seeing that individual criminal accountability is vindicated, just like we have every interest in seeing the general political accountability is restored, which is our basic function. We do not want to interfere in any way with the Department of Justice, and we're trusting that they're going to be able to totally execute the law enforcement function. And he went on to say, Attorney General Garland is my constituent, and I have no complaints about my constituents. You know, I trust him to be a strong and effective prosecutor, unquote. Also in the news, Fox News' parent company can be sued by Dominion voting machines because Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch may have acted with actual malice in directing their network to broadcast conspiracy theories, alleging that the election was rigged against Donald Trump. Delaware Superior Court Judge Eric Davis on Tuesday denied Fox Corp's motion to dismiss the suit, saying Dominion voting systems had shown that the Murdochs may have been on notice that the conspiracy theory that rigged voting machines tilted the vote was false, but let Fox News broadcast it anyway. Dominion cited in its suit a report that Rupert Murdoch spoke with Trump a few days after the election and informed him that he had lost, a judge noted. These allegations, quote, support a reasonable inference that Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch knew either knew that Dominion had not manipulated the election or at least recklessly disregarded the truth when they allegedly caused Fox News to propagate its claims about Dominion. Under the standard set by the Supreme Court, public figures, including companies, must show media outlets acted with actual malice, meaning they knew the information they were publishing was false or they acted with reckless disregard for the truth. And that's what's happening here, I believe. 
Davis noted in his ruling that according to Dominion suit, various news outlets reported that Rupert Murdoch spoke with Trump and other senior Republicans shortly after the election and urged them to drop their election fraud narrative and concede defeat. That puts him in a bad position. The voting technology firm Dominion was also able to point to a claim that Murdoch urged a Republican leader to ask other politicians in the party not to endorse Trump's false theory about Dominion. (laughs) Acknowledging that the theory was false. The ruling is the latest by a judge allowing defamation suits to proceed against conservative news outlets and Trump allies who allegedly repeated the false theory extensively on air, a theory that ultimately helped trigger the January 6th Capitol riot. In Tuesday's ruling, the judge further noted that other newspapers under Rupert Murdoch's control, including The Wall Street Journal and New York Post, condemned Trump's claims and urged him to concede defeat. That's what we call in Russia opposition control, controlling both sides of the narrative to sell papers to both sides of the people. Now, as for the Murdochs, David ruled claims of actual media malice had been met with respect to four specific allegations, including that the Murdochs, quote, caused Fox News to broadcast false claims about Dominion, even though they did not personally believe Trump's election fraud narrative. All those allegations support Dominion's claim for now that Fox Corp was on notice that the claims being made on air by some of its personalities and guests, including then Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani and former Trump campaign attorney Sidney Powell, or bogus. Even so, the judge dismissed Dominion's claim against the company's Fox Broadcasting subsidiary, ruling Dominion hadn't supported its claim of actual malice by the subsidiary. Parts of the lawsuit blaming Fox Broadcasting for reposting false statements online offer no factual support. And in other news, Fred Gutenberg is celebrating today on Twitter. The U.S. Senate voted 64 to 34 Tuesday night to advance a bipartisan compromise that, if enacted, would become the first major gun legislation Since 1994, the legislation does not restrict any rights of existing gun owners, a non-starter for Senate Republicans, but instead it would enhance background checks for purchasers younger than 21, make it easier to remove guns from people threatening to kill themselves or others, as well as people who have committed domestic violence, clarify who needs to register as federal firearms dealer, and crack down on illegal gun trafficking, including so-called straw purchases, which occur when the actual buyer of a firearm uses another person to execute the paperwork to buy on their behalf. The legislation includes $11 billion for mental health services, $2 billion for community-based anti-violence programs. It also includes money to help young people access mental health services via telemedicine, money for more school-based mental health centers, and support for suicide hotlines. Republican John Cornyn from Texas, senior guy, who was formally rebuked by the Republican Party of Texas on Saturday, was booed for taking part in the bipartisan negotiations, said he felt confident senators would seal the deal as a reasonable compromise. If it holds up, That would itself be an extraordinary achievement after years in which mass shootings have devastated American communities with numbing reality. The release on Tuesday evening of the 80 page, it's just 80 pages. And Marco Rubio was like, we only got it today and we have to vote on opening debate tonight. And we have that long to read. It's 80 pages and you're voting to open debate, not pass it, you troll. But anyway, this this 80 page Safer Communities Act came after a two step process. 20 senators with the Democrats led by Chris Murphy. And the Republicans, by Cornyn, reached a bipartisan framework agreement. Murphy Cornyn, Democrat Kirsten Sinema of Arizona and Republican Tom Tillis of North Carolina translated the broad principles into specific language. Less than two hours after the final text was circulated, the Senate voted 64 to 34 to put the legislation on a path to pass the Senate. Open debate by the end of the week. By the way, as you know, it takes 60, 60 votes to overcome the filibuster, and they got 64. 14 Republicans signed on with all 50 Democrats for this. Of course, Ted Cruz voted no. Speaking of Ted Cruz, 
He's about six seconds away from being directly implicated in the fraudulent elector scheme by the 1-6 committee, I'm sure. Yesterday, I promised I'd go over the latest committee hearing ahead of today's hearing, which starts at 3 p.m. Eastern. So Tuesday's hearing was um, what we call in the military, all killer, no filler. We got evidence that Trump was directly involved in the fraudulent elector scheme, as was Ronna McDaniel and the RNC. Her uncle would be so proud. As were lawmakers, including Ron Johnson and Andy Biggs. We also learned that Rudy admitted that they didn't have any evidence of voter fraud, just theories. Much like the uh, 2000 Mules movie, which Bill Barr tore apart in an earlier hearing. So let's look at the specific moments. And by the way, I love the way the committee is doing this in bite-sized pieces that paint a large picture. And by the end, they did such a good job of providing context, proving Donald knew he was lying. That by the end, every time they showed a video of him in, in the hearing room, everyone was just rolling their eyes tired of the proven lies. Now, Cheney kicked off the hearing by asking us to remember two things as we listened to the tapes of phone calls and depositions that they were about to present. First, that Donald knew there was no fraud. He knew. Everyone told him. Second, the threats and efforts to pressure state officials to change the outcome of the election. She said, focus on the evidence. Don't be distracted by politics. This is serious. So Schiff took over the questioning, began with Speaker of the House in Arizona, Mr. Bowers, who, by the way, has said he would vote for Trump again. So let's just make sure we understand that if he were the Republican nominee. And he opened, shifted with a breaking statement from the former guy. And he read the statement in which Trump claimed he had a call with Bowers. But Bowers told him he agreed with Trump that the election was rigged and that uh, Trump was actually president. Biden didn't win and Trump won. And so Schiff asked Bowers if he ever said that. And Bowers said, no, that is wrong. And anyone, anywhere, anytime that says, I said the election was rigged or that Trump won is wrong. He was very, very adamant about that. Note that Bowers is under oath and Donald is not. Now, Bowers testified that Donald and Rooney called him directly and asked him for two things. The first was an official legislative hearing on election fraud claims. So Bowers says, well, where's the evidence? I need the evidence because absent any evidence, there's no way I'm having a hearing for you. So Donald and Rudy alleged that hundreds of thousands of undocumented immigrants had voted in Arizona, along with a bunch of dead people. So Bauer said, great, give me their names, send me the evidence, and then wanted to know why Donald and Rudy wanted him to have a hearing. To what end, he said. And Bauer says they answered they wanted him to decertify the Biden electors. And Bowers refused. So a week later, Rudy had a pretend hearing at a Phoenix hotel, and Bowers met Rudy and Jenna Ellis right after that hearing at the hotel. And Bauer said he pressed Rudy again for any evidence, and Rudy asked Jenna for it, And Jenna says, oh, I have it. I don't have it today with me, but I have it and I'll get it to you. And eventually Rudy conceded that they don't have any evidence, but they do have a lot of theories. That was in December. Then Eastman called Bowers to ask him to overthrow the Biden electors. And Bowers corrected himself. He said, I shouldn't say overthrow. He asked me to decertify the electors and I refused. (laughs) Then Eastman said, we'll just do it and let the courts sort it out. And that response was chilling, sent a chill through the room considering Eastman was in touch with the wife of a Supreme Court justice. Then Andy Biggs called Bowers to pressure him to sign a letter to decertify the Arizona electors. All his pressure was happening because Trump and Eastman knew that if the state legislatures didn't certify the electors, they would be, quote, dead on arrival, in Eastman's own words, in an email. So they were doing everything they could to pressure state legislatures to officially certify the the fraudulent Trump electors, but they wouldn't. People like Bowers told Rudy and Ellis and Eastman and Trump himself they wouldn't do anything illegal for him. So Trump and the rest knew 
it was illegal, knew uncertified electors would be dead on arrival, but pressured Pence to throw them out anyway. And now we know several members of Congress were involved in trying to get this done, including Ron Johnson, whose office reached out to a Pence aide asking how Ron Johnson could hand off the alternate slates of electors directly to Pence since, quote, the archives didn't receive them. But they they did. They just rejected them. But they're not going to. Ron Johnson doesn't want to admit to that. That's consciousness of guilt. He knows they're bullshit, but he wanted to hand them directly to the vice POTUS. They tried everything they could to get the states to certify the bullshit electors. And when they wouldn't, they pressured Pence to throw them out anyhow. And when he wouldn't, Trump sicked the mob on Congress to force a delay for more time to pressure the states. Remember when Rudy called Tuberville and said, slow it down, slow it down, delay, delay. Remember when Eastman said, hey, you, you've already violated the Electoral Count Act by by making the Arizona debate last more than two hours because of the insurrection. Just violate it one more time and ask for a 10 day reprieve. Delay the count. Right. So that they would have more time to pressure the states to submit Trump electors to certify them. He got five people killed to buy time for an illegal pressure campaign, which apparently included Mark Meadows telling someone to just send officials in Georgia, quote, a shitload of POTUS stuff. Send them some coins and signed MAGA hats. That'll do it. That's bribery. (laughs) And get this. Quick as a flash, we saw some testimony on tape from Ronna McDaniel, head of the RNC, who said Donald called her to have the RNC organize the outreach to Republican lawmakers, which it did in seven key swing states. So he implicated the RNC as well. Even Sinners, that lawyer that warned fake electors in Georgia they had to operate in absolute secrecy, he gave testimony that the whole thing was bullshit and he wished he hadn't participated. And there was even a plot for Michigan lawmakers to hide in the state capitol after they closed and spend the night there so they could be in the building the next day to sign their fraudulent elector certificate inside the actual capitol, which is required in that state, as they were advised to do by the Trump campaign. They were going to hide after work and stay the night. Then the committee replayed key parts of the Raffensperger call, which really hits different after you know all this stuff, after you know Donald didn't believe the election fraud lies. And then, of course, the moving testimony of Ruby Freeman and her daughter, Shane Moss, which I went over in detail on yesterday's show. You can catch that there. Truly moving. There's some photos of their testimony and what happened afterwards on my Twitter feed at Mueller, she wrote. And that made me think of all the people. Donald has targeted how many lives he's upended, but he whines about his life is ruined and the life of good people like Rudy Giuliani and Pete Navarro have been ruined by the unselect committee in the Department of Justice. Blame others for that which you are guilty, right? Just unbelievable. Finally, uh, Liz Cheney (laughs) mentioned Pat Cipollone again. You've heard me talk about this when they've played that Jared Kushner clip twice. The Jared Kushner clip was, I was busy working on pardons. Yeah, I heard Cipollone just to sounded like a bunch. He was going to resign, whatever. Sounded like a bunch of whining lawyers to me. They played that twice. I said, it's got to be to bait Cipollone. And Liz Cheney did it again at the end of this hearing. She said, just want to let Cipollone know he was on the right side. He did the right thing. And he could provide a lot of insight into what happened here. And we urge him to come in and speak to the committee. Like, you're great. You're very handsome. And you are on the right side. You're so awesome. You should come talk to us. We, we, we're on your side. That's very artful, crafty. And this is just in more, more information on the Uvalde shooting. Apparently the classroom door was not locked where 19 children and two teachers were slaughtered in May. Even as police just said they waited for a key. 
And there was no evidence of any law enforcement officer ever trying to open the classroom door to see if it was locked. Quote, I don't believe based on the information we have right now that the door was even secured. That is Texas Department of Public Safety Director Stephen McCraw. He, the shooter, didn't have a key and couldn't lock it from the inside, he said. Department of Justice is continuing their review of the incident. It just gets worse and worse. Mayor of Uvalde, Dan McLaughlin, is like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the silence last night in a, in a town hall meeting. I'm going to name names. Yeah, I think he got caught too, but he's coming forward now. Hint, hint, Pat Cipollone. All right, we'll be right back with the good news. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. As you know, I used to have a lot of sleeping problems, but now I wake up rested and refreshed because I have a mattress from Helix Sleep made just for me. Helix Sleep has an online sleep quiz that takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else from a mattress store that a bunch of people have laid down on you? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. They have several different mattresses and models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm beds. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. And even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. My perfect mattress is the Helix Midnight because I sleep on my side, and I prefer a medium-firm mattress. So if you're looking for a mattress, take their two-minute sleep quiz at helixsleep.com dailybeans and then order the mattress that you're matched to. They'll ship it to your house for free, and you'll get the best night's sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights without risk. They'll pick it up if you don't love it, give you a full refund, but you will love it. And Helix even has financing options available, so it's very easy to get this mattress and get it taken care of and fix your sleep. Now, Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired, and they've been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners at helixsleep.com dailybeans. That's Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash daily beans. And I use Athletic Greens literally every day because I hated taking a huge pile of pills and vitamins and probiotics and some from the fridge and some from the cabinet. I wanted a supplement that had everything all in one and tastes delicious. With one scoop of AG1 by Athletic Greens, you get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. I take it in the morning before the gym, and it helps up my energy and my mental clarity. And now I, could, could, I can't imagine living without it. It's such an easy habit to pick up. It's so much easier than the multiple products that I used to have to take for all to fill in all the gaps in my nutrition. And we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support because they're going to offer you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. You know, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important you choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will absorb. And Athletic Greens will save you money over buying all the different supplements separately and time. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition in just one scoop in a cup of water every day. AG1, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, again, Athletic Greens is going to give you that free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, plus those five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You'll be glad you did. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone.
Good news, good news. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Good News Block. Uh, as you know, I'm Dana Goldberg, and I am joined by no one other than Steve Pearson. Steve, how are you? No one other than me. I'm so happy to see you, Dana. I, this is our first time doing this together. I'm, I couldn't be more thrilled. If those of you that do not know this, he's also a handsome man with an amazing voice, and I get to share the good oh, news with him today. So Come on now. <laughs> it is my pleasure. We're both in the same city, but for most of you that know, and you can tell by my voice, I think I turned a corner. I'm getting better, so. Your voice sounds good. I'm so glad that you're <laughs> feeling better, though, you know, and oh, I know man. you've gotten a lot of well wishes. I have, I have. And uh, for those of you that do want to submit to the good news, you can always do that, whether it's misheard lyrics or Whoopi's stories. You know, Allison and I both love Halloween pictures from now until the end of time. Find the cat, <laughs> what the mutt. Anything you want at this point that brings you joy, send it over. And uh, I think that's it. You heard it from Allison earlier in the block, and we're going to close out this episode with some good news. So I'm going to kick it off with the first submission from Mary, pronouns she and her. Mary says, my good news is that my husband and I visited our friends in Chesterfield, New Hampshire over the weekend. And Chesterfield's located along the Connecticut River in the southwestern part of the state. Now, while we were all hanging out in friends' houses, we saw wild turkeys and deer wandering through their yard. Their new house sits on a two-acre parcel of land, and they have long-term plans to eventually get some goats and chickens. Mary, I, <laughs> I love everything about everything about this, and I feel like it was a fantastic time. So It sounds so lovely, and I truly hope my wife doesn't listen to this episode because <laughs> she, she has one big foot out of Los Angeles and looking to, to be around more trees and countryside. So I don't blame her. I don't blame her. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the next one is from Slappy Keeler, which I'm thrilled just to be able to share that name. Uh, Two little finches have been stuck on my screamed porch for a week. I am terrified of birds, but after watching Shay Moss testify, I thought, damn, the least I can do is be brave and help out (laughs) these birds. After chasing them around the porch, I finally gently caught one in my hands and set it free. More confident, I quickly cupped the other one and also sent it on its way. So thank you, Shea Moss, for inspiring me to overcome my very real fear of birds, which I've had my entire life. Such a small thing compared to what she has done. Oh my goodness. Yes, I mean, uh, Shay has inspired all of us. So moving. And I don't know, Dana, if you saw the picture of of one of the... um, Officers there, uh, the guards that who AG was, took hugging yeah, her, yeah, Ugh. who was comforting her, and I mean, what what they have been through is is horrific, and um, and she's so inspiring, and full disclosure, I've I have a, a fear of both birds and an irrational fear of fishes, so fish, I get, I get this. <laughs> I get the bird thing. Well, you know what? We're going to unpack this whole fear of fish in, in another episode. I feel like, Steve, I feel like we could spend some time. I feel like we need to do it right now. I don't know how much time we have, but it, this seems like a we, good time. What, tell me the fear of fish. What's the fear no, of fish? No, no. It's just, I, I'm afraid they're <laughs> going to bite my toes or something. And that's, I don't want that to happen. Do you know people pay a lot of money to have small, tiny fish bite their toes? <laughs> it's true. It's disgusting. I can't. I've ever seen. I'm sure, I'm sure one of the listeners has gone through that little pedicure. I have not, but we're going to go on to the next one. This is from mom. I don't know who's mom, but the pronouns are she and her. Dear queens of the Leguminati and king for the day. I added that. Thank you. I said, yes, I said farewell to the 19-year-old cat, Snowbell, 
was a birthday gift for my child when he turned three and Snowbell knew who his human was as soon as they made eye contact. For 19 years, Snowbell was a brilliant companion, faithful friend, and a source of all happiness, joy, and comfort. And I'm not sure what hurt worse, saying goodbye or listening to my kiddos' heartbreak as they sobbed. Mm. I would go with the latter, I'm sure. So to all the Beans listeners, love your pets, give them scritches, pets, and hugs. And a glass to Snowbell. Look at that. Look at those teeth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that picture is, is I'm sure it's a beautiful, sweet cat, but very terrifying picture right there. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. So it's amazing sweet. to me that people actually have a camera when they get their cat yawning and then you get this like full frontal, full fang. dislodged jaw. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Oh, so sending all of our love. That's It's the hardest thing to lose uh, a, a friend and companion like that. We've been through it with our dogs. It's really, really tough. Yeah. All right, Steve, take the next one. Okay, this is from she, her. What a week after being ticked off about a MAGA encounter my husband had at a restaurant. I was just in a mood after the first hearing. At the golf driving range here in the Mid-South, I overheard a conversation from another MAGA, but it was awesome to hear another man speak up about Biden. All of a sudden, I was hitting the golf ball perfectly. That's it. That's the (laughs) secret. I have never figured that one out. I just loved that someone other than me was speaking up. That's my hope from these hearings, that we become vocal in the face of corruption. For pet tax, here is a photo of our cat, Minnie, who is now my husband's buddy every day while he works. One of many cats working from home. Thank you for all (laughs) the news. Oh, my goodness. Such a sweet cat. Great golf tips. And uh, this is my hope with with these... uh, hearings is that people are are going to wake up to what's happening other than the people who are already well aware of it. So we'll see. Totally, Steve, I know I'm throwing this at you, but why don't you take the next one and I'll close this out with the last submission. Well, curveball. You got it. Uh, This is from Sarah. She, her. Uh, Many years ago, when my brother and I were very young, upon leaving church, John told mom he liked the song about the bear. Mom said, what bear? John said, you know, the bear named Gladly, who was cross-eyed, like I was before my eye surgery. (laughs) Mom said, oh, you mean Gladly the cross-eyed bear. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's a shit kid say if I've ever heard one. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good shit kid say. Uh, Good shit church-going kid say also. (laughs) I I love it. Sarah, thank you so much. All right. And last submission for the good news on this. God, what day is it? I guess it's Thursday for the listeners. Leslie, this is from Leslie, pronoun she. Hello, AG and DG. It's Leslie and I live in London, UK. Love your show. My good news is that we have a group of Democrats here in the UK that are working to get out the vote. We've been writing postcards to Americans here to remind them to request their ballots at votefromabroad.org. Great organization, by the way. Right? Americans abroad have to request every year. We like to have postcard nights at the pub with a pint. Nice. Please spread the word to any Americans you know living outside the U.S., We were the margin of victory in Georgia in 2020, so every vote counts. Thanks for all you do. Leslie, thank you so much. And what a fantastic picture. Lovely women. Yeah. In a pub, doing postcards, having a beer. Doing their crafts. Doing your crafts. I love this. Yeah, it's it's so great. There's so much that people can do no matter where they are. And uh, 
And I, I'm serious. I am familiar with Vote From Abroad. They're a great, .org. They're a great organization. If you find yourself listening to this from abroad, uh, check them out because there's opportunities to make an impact wherever you are. Right, Dana? Absolutely. And everyone, if we've learned anything, and from the testimony of Shay and her mother, and just know that every civilian can do something. So if you feel like you're hopeless right now and you feel like there's nothing you can do, any small gesture at this point is going to help. So many podcasts on this network give you small little uh, gems of where you can go put time in. And that's another one, votefromabroad.org. So thank you so much, Leslie. And Steve, thank you for spending some good news with me. I know this was a short segment, but it's the beginning of hopefully a lovely relationship into the future. I'm not leaving. It's not that it's not going to be that short. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, good. <laughs> no, of that's course. it. This okay. Steve has a few things to say. <laughs> We're going to unpack his fear of fish. Uh, so if you'd like to tune in for that. When did that first happen for me? Did, were you, when was the fear of fish? It's a, well, you said it's irrational, six. so. It, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it's not based in any sort of experience of being bitten by fish. Just, anyway. It's okay. We've got some editing to do on this segment, <laughs> but. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes AG and I don't know how to end the show either, but. I, I know how to end it because I would love to, before I go, since I have this opportunity, plug yes. our How We Win fund that we are all shilling for right now. And uh, and I'm so thrilled with people. I, I know a lot of your listeners have already donated, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Uh, these are the races that are going to make the biggest impact. Our friends at Swing Left have helped helped us bundle these races together. So all you have to do is go to swingleft.org slash fundraise slash how we win. 100% of that money goes directly to the candidates that need our support. Takes all the guesswork out of where to donate. Well, that was actually, AG, I was always asked me for my final thoughts. I feel like those were yours and they were good ones. So thank you so much for all the information. And to the listeners out there, thank you. And as AG would always say, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. And always vote blue over Q. I've been Dana Goldberg. And I've been Steve Pearson. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>